You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Age of Radio. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Because it's sports talk with Cooper and Big Man. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it is that time once again. Sports Talk with Cooper and Big Man. This is Big Man, and joining me, as always, my brother Cooper. Cooper, how you doing, brother? I'm doing good, man. You ready to get into this? Yes, sir. Some football talk and some NASCAR talk. How you Ooh, doing? We're going to keep some, some pigskin and shake and bake. Yep. Uh, pork rinds and shake and bake. <laughs> Close enough, anyways. That's basically what pork rinds are, is pork skin, fried. Just right. We're playing with one pork skin and the other one works. Yeah. It's two, di- two different uses. Yeah. But anyway, so we're going to keep NASCAR talk a little bit to the limit here because we are finally ready for our 2.0 mock draft as we get ready for this Thursday's first night of the NFL draft, round one. Let's I'm do it. looking forward to this. It's going to be fun. Yes, sir. So we're going to go ahead and start off with the NASCAR standings. As they currently sit, ranked first in the NASCAR standings is Martin Turex Jr., who has 359 points, two victories, has not got a pull yet, but he's got a top five, uh, four top five finishes and six top tens. Behind him is Joey Logano at 353 points, one win, one pull, four top fives, and six top tens. Uh, let's see here. Number three is William Byron. He's got 351 points, one victory, no pulls. Three top fives and eight top tens. At number four, Ryan Blaney with 346 points. One victory, two top fives, and five top tens, no pulls. Brad Kislowski has 318 points, a victory, no pulls, four top fives, and four top tens. At number six is Kyle Larson at exactly 300 points with one victory, one pull, four top fives, and six top tens. Christopher Bell, the uh, Daytona 500 winner, I believe. Wasn't he the Or was it McDowell? It was McDowell. I'm sorry. So, yeah, Bell won the second race. Uh, he has 280 points, one victory, of course. 
Um, the, the second, that's right, he won the road course at Daytona. He won at Daytona, it was just the road course, not the yeah. um, 500. Uh, Bell then also has two top five finishes and, two, and five top ten finishes. Michael McDowell is the 500 winner at uh, 244 points with the one win, two top fives, and, of course, four top tens. Alex Bowman has 241 points, one win, one pull, two top fives, and four top tens. Denny Hamlin, who keeps trying to win a race and <laughs> has yet to do so, has 446 points. I don't think I typed that right. How can he have that many points and be that low? That doesn't make any sense. Oh, because he's the highest point rated after... I got gotcha. you. He's the highest point rated guy not to win so far. Okay. He has 446 points, no wins, one pull, eight top fives, and eight top tens. That's got to irk you just a little bit. Right, being outside the top <laughs> out the top nine because you haven't won yet. Yeah, he would be the uh, top point getter right now, of course, if he had actually a victory. All right, so Kevin Harvick has 308 points, no wins, no pulls, three top fives, and seven top tens. Chase Elliott has 306 points, zero wins, zero pulls, three top fives, and four top tens. Kyle Busch has 271 points, zero wins, zero pulls, two top five finishes, and five top tens. Austin Dillon has 268 points, zero wins, zero pulls, one top five, and four top fours. Ricky Stenhouse Jr. has 229 points, zero wins, zero pulls, one top five, and one top ten. And Chris Boucher has 20, 229 points also, no wins, no pulls, no top five finishes, and one top ten. I don't know how you have the same amount of points as Steinhaus Jr. when he has a top five. I don't get that. I, Steinhaus must not have very good finishes uh, in other races where Boucher has some better finishes. So, this past weekend was Talladega, the other super speedway in Alabama. So much fun. I love the super speedways. Shake and bake, baby. Yes, sir. Brad Kozlowski took home the checkered flag and made his way to victory lane at Talladega this past Sunday. His victory came in "quote unquote" overtime, which is basically just extra laps because they had to make it up for an, uh, make it up. And he made his, uh, which made him the ninth different driver thus far to win in the Cup Series. Truex Jr. remains the ulti- only multi-winner. Kozlowski has tied Dale Earnhardt Jr. and Jeff Gordon for the most wins at Talladega with six wins. Kozlowski is also um, when also gave Team Pesky all three of their drivers locked into positions in the top 16 driver playoff. Wow. Joey Logano did go airborne and ended up upside down, but luckily other drivers were able to avoid him enough to prevent the big one at Talladega. And of course, quote-unquote, big one is the big wreck that usually happens on the super speedways. Logano was unhappy about the accident, saying NASCAR needs to look into the safety of the cars when they run on the super speedways at Daytona and Talladega but was happy to still be alive and, for the most part, unharmed. In a bit of sad news, however, though, we did hear that Jennifer Jo Cobb was denied the chance to be in the race, which would have been her first career Cup Series race and the first time a female driver's race since 2018. The NASCAR Competition Committee determined that she was uh, she lacked the necessary experience to be in the race. So, Cooper, your thoughts from Daytona, I mean, not Daytona, from Talladega this weekend. Lacked the necessary experience. Yeah, despite most of her races being in the truck series and having 31 in Xfinity races under her belt, they determined she didn't have enough racing experience to be making her first cup appearance. Boy, NASCAR is going to be looking at uh, backlash for this one, I think. I think so, too. Um, 
the only way to get experience is to actually do it. Uh-huh. That's why I hate when, you know, you go look for a job or whatever and experience needed. Well, uh, you know. Yeah, required. <laughs> yeah, required. It's like. Can't get experience if I don't get the chance. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, this is kind of crap. Uh, thank God Logano is okay, dude. That that yeah. wreck was, it was something, dude. Um, it was scary. Um, he did take out um, Stenhouse Jr. and it ended up hitting the eventual winner Brad Keselowski, but for the most part, avoided a major disaster. But Keselowski, dude, that's that's pretty cool, dude. I mean, to to tie that many to tie Jeff Gordon and Dale Earnhardt mm-hmm. Jr. Oh man, that, that, those are some names to be by. So that's pretty cool, right. dude. That's a great thing for him. And then of course. Uh, all all three drivers are the Penske uh, racing team being locked into the playoff also. Yeah, it's that's for just King like, Penske. that's cool, man. Yeah, so that really helps them out a lot. All right, man. So we're going to go ahead and talk a little bit about the gridiron here before we get into our, our mock draft and also discussing uh, Daniel Jeremiah's top ten mock draft. So Let's do it. The Miami Dolphins have traded offensive guard Eric Flowers to the Washington football team. The teams also swapped seventh-round picks in the trade. Flowers resurrected his career with Washington in 2019 when he was moved from offensive tackle to offensive guard after failing in New York with the Giants. Last offseason, he was able to sign a three-year, $30 million deal with the Dolphins. To make the deal work, Flowers also agreed to restructure his contract where the Dolphins pay a $6 million signing bonus and Washington will pay a $3 million base salary. The move creates... Um, this move does create $2 million in cap space for the Dolphins as well. So, Cooper, your thoughts on this minor trade right before draft day? Um, making space for maybe their new, uh, their new Inquirer, maybe? Um, we'll see what happens with it. I mean, that, that's good for him and good for the Dolphins. Yeah. Good for, you know, Washington. All-around good trade, so. Yep. Can't really complain, dude. You're still working. Yeah. So. <laughs> and you're getting money earlier than you're expecting. So yeah. Six so. million dollars already in your back pocket, and three million dollars to go for the season was not too bad. Um, obviously the seventh round picks are kind of just a little bit of it's throw just in. a little incentive type thing. Yeah, not much of anything really into that. I mean, seventh rounders rarely make the team. They're more going to be probably on the practice squad, so it's not something huge. Obviously, so it's not too big of a deal, but good for Miami. Um, they could save some caps, a little bit of cap space. Uh, Washington needs some offensive line help. Uh, it did say Flowers had an up and down year with Miami, so it probably just didn't have a good comprehension of his um, blocking assignments in the uh, offense for Miami. So him moving over to Washington might be more beneficial for him, um, probably because. Ron Rivera runs a pretty solid, um, basic offense. Not like so basic it can be easily figured out. It's just um, the blocking scheme is probably going to be a little bit easier on it. Yeah. All right, man. Uh, one final note here before we get to talking about um, our mock drafts. The Falcons are not only listening to offers for the number four overall pick, they are also listening to offers for high-profile wide receiver Julio Jones. If traded, the move wouldn't become official until after June 1st, Due to cal- uh, cap salary restrictions. I should have said salary cap restrictions. I had that backwards. 
but if the Falcons do trade Julio Jones with a post-June 1st designation, that would save them approximately $15 million of cap space for this upcoming season. This would be helpful for the team if they decided to stay at four and end up taking a quarterback that will sit behind Matt Ryan. So, Cooper, your thoughts on the possibility of Julio Jones being on the move? This could be good or this could spell disaster, dude. I mean, Julio Jones is Julio Jones. Yeah. He's going to play no matter where he goes. And he's going to he's gonna rack up yardage. He's going to rack up touchdowns. And if he ain't racking them up for you, he's going to rack them up for somebody else. So, mm-hmm. I don't know about this move, dude. This yeah. might not be a good a good way on, on the Falcons. Yeah, I mean, if I'm Atlanta... Unless maybe they're looking at... Maybe they're looking at picking up a receiver. Maybe could be picking up Jamar Chase instead of going after the tight end. So, I mean, I I could see that. I mean, the only thing I kind of say for the Falcons, they're paying a lot for him currently under this current deal, and he is thirty-two. We know he's yeah. on the back half of his of his uh oh yeah of his, his career. career. So he's gonna start sliding. I mean, and he's been getting hurt quite a bit more frequently this year uh, these past few years. So yeah. if he's healthy. He's the best receiver in the league when he's healthy. When he's not healthy, he's still a top 10 receiver, though. And he's a great 50-50 guy. If you throw that ball up, he goes and gets it. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens. So, like I said, I could see him doing it because they may go ahead and get Jamar Chase. But I could also see, have that cap space if you're going to have, say, like Trey Lance, who is a developmental quarterback sitting behind Matt Ryan for a few years. Because then you have plenty of cap space because you are, even though the rookie salary cap wage scale is still, you know, a help to teams, it's still quite a bit of money that you do have to pay to a rookie while you're also paying nearly $40 million to your quarterback that you currently have. Yeah. All right, man. So are you ready to discuss Daniel Jeremiah in his final mock draft in his top 10 picks? Let's do it, brother. All right, sir. So here we go. Number one, he has the Jacksonville Jaguars taking dun, 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 Trevor Lawrence. I mean, come on. We knew that. Yeah. Everybody. It's so obvious he's going to pick Trevor Lawrence there. It, if the, Jack, the only way I could see it is if for some reason they decide to take Justin Fields. And the only reason why I could say that is purely on the fact that Ryan Day is the Ohio State coach. Ryan Day coached under Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer's at Jacksonville. And he's, and he's been in talked with Ryan Day about Justin Fields this whole time, but I just don't see it happening. Trevor Lawrence should be the pick. It is probably the pick. And if it's not, I think I might have to just stop watching the draft because I just won't know anymore. Uh, yeah, I think that uh, if the Jaguars pass up Trevor Lawrence, they'll regret it. I'm not going to root for them this year at all. Yeah. Like I was like, yeah, you gonna have Urban Meyer and Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. I know they're, I know that they're both, you know, two different, you know, styles of of football. But mm-hmm. I think that, you know, I mean, under somebody like that, you know, Urban Meyer knows knows kids. He knows how to deal with them. Mm-hmm. He can bring him into the league and make him, you know, a lot better. You know what I mean? So I hope it works out this way, but if it doesn't, man, you're right. It's like, we, why even watch it? Right. It makes no sense. So it really doesn't. Honestly, 
Um, so, number two, he has Zach Wilson going to the Jets, quarterback BYU. Obviously, this one has been rumored for a long time. It's pretty much basically what's going to happen. Now, what was interesting was the story came out, I think, last week after we had finished our episode. I think it came out Wednesday. The 49ers had actually offered um, the Jets a first-round pick for Sam Darnold, right? Which we know ended up going to Carolina. What was interesting about that is the Jets didn't do it because they were unsure about the arm or the shoulder of Zach Wilson because they knew he had got got it banged up and he had to have a microscopic shoulder cleaning. So what that tells me is you messed up badly if you thought Zach Wilson was your only option at quarterback after Trevor Lawrence because you still have Justin Fields, you still have Trey Lance. Some people think Mac Jones is worthy of a high pick. We're going to talk about that here in a minute. <laughs> but to me, you just messed, totally messed up because you were getting an offer of a first-round pick. What is it this year's? We don't know. It was just rumored that the Niners offered a first-round pick. We don't know if it was this year's pick at 12 or if it was one next year. It just tells me, though, you were so set on Zach Wilson that you were willing to risk keeping Darnold and possibly losing out on any of these other quarterbacks is just kind of dumb. Yeah, I completely agree with this this statement here. It's man, I I, I don't get it. I really don't. Neither do I. So, um, moving on. So at number three, the Forty ers are expected to take Mac Jones, Alabama quarterback Cooper. I still don't get this trade up. Honestly, I don't think it was worth giving up two future first-round picks and a move up from 12 to 3 with the Dolphins to get Mac Jones. Yeah, you see the problem with this, and you and I both agree that he doesn't have enough experience. He may be a good quarterback when when you're on a team that's stacked. Mm -hmm. You're good to go. Like we've said, he's never faced any kind of pressure or anything like that, and... Being with the 49ers, dude, you're going to have a lot of pressure. You're going to have a lot of games when you're, when you're trying to come back. Yeah. He has never had that problem. So right. it's kind of going to be um, let's see what happens type thing. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely going to be that. I, I just, I mean, I give credit to the Niners. When Garoppolo was healthy, they made it all the way to a Super Bowl, had to lead against the Kansas City Chiefs in the fourth quarter of 10 points and blew it. But, like we've both discussed, he has never faced adversity in Alabama. They were always ahead. Uh, the offensive line is pretty good at San Francisco, but not great, especially when you're going to have to face the pass rush of the Seahawks, which has gotten um, better. Towards the end of the year, they got better. The Rams, of course, have Aaron Donald, which love who loves to feast on the 49ers. Oh, yes. And dude. now you got freaking JJ Watt in Arizona. Mm-hmm. And he's health if he's healthy, he's going to be just very disruptive. So I just I'm I have a hard time with that. Uh I would just Yeah, I mean, like we, we both said, he's he's not that mobile. Um, if he's not, if they're not blocking for him, he's going to get hit, dude. He's going to get hurt. Yeah. Yeah, he's also kind of a bit undersized. I just, I have a hard time with this one. So, 
I mean, we could be proven wrong, but we'll, we'll see what happens. Well, here's to you. We hope you prove us wrong. Because well, I'm, sca- I'm scared to watch this, dude. Yeah. You're going to get hurt, man. I'm not. You're not scared because you're kind of like, ha ha, because he's going to be a 49. Yeah, so I'm kind of like, ah, I don't care that much. But for I, I'd rather see a player be able to retire under his own will than a, by injury, of course. Yeah. Except for Tom Brady. Well, I guess we can watch some of those games. I might uh, throw the, the old Cooper curse on him. There you go. That would be nice. <laughs> Well, of course, we also have to be in attendance for that to actually go into effect, too. <laughs> so, all right, we're going to move on to the Atlanta Falcons. And Jer- Daniel Jeremiah has the Falcons picking Trey Lance, quarterback, North Dakota State. Trey Lance would be a great quarterback to sit behind Matt Ryan and develop. That would be fantastic for him. It would be a great opportunity. But I also could see Atlanta picking Kyle Pitts. Or I could see even the Broncos trying to trade up to get Lance or, of course, Justin Fields at four and giving Jake uh, uh, Drew Locke to Atlanta, who Atlanta can then also, on the even cheaper than Trey Lance deal, could have sit behind Matt Ryan to learn from. Yeah, my question is, what happened to Justin Fields? Like, all of a sudden he dropped down in the, in the draft. Yeah. Well, he so, comes. We talk about him in a few picks. Well, I know that, but I'm just saying he was like one of the top quarterbacks coming out. I think that they they would be very smart to pick Justin Fields, but yeah. at the same time, you know Trey Lance to sit behind, you know Matt Ryan, mm-hmm. not a bad not a bad idea at all. Especially with the fact the kid comes out of a small school, he's not going to have this. Oh, I'm the quarterback. Um, you know, he's gonna be humble. He's gonna be ready to learn. He's gonna be yeah. eager to get out there and, and and learn the playbook and learn the 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 system and Absolutely. you know which which that's what you need sometimes. So I mean, mm-hmm. you know, you don't always need a quarterback war. You need a teammate. You need a buddy. You need somebody that's and not only that, but hell, Matt Ryan. Yeah. I mean, shit, I, I, that'd be freaking awesome to learn behind him, dude. Yeah, an MVP, took his team to a Super Bowl. Yeah. It wasn't all his fault that that team blew that 25-point lead in the third quarter. Yeah, that was kind of crazy the way that went down. Yeah, and of course I still believe that Tom Brady's made a deal with the devil, and that's part of the reason. <laughs> right. So, I mean, I'll give Tom Brady nothing going into the game, and it didn't appear that any foul th- Shit was happening in that Super Bowl. It just seemed like the the Falcons just fell apart in that Super Bowl. It's one of the few legit titles they actually have. Well, I think that too, and they 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 got the lead, and they were they were ahead, and then they just like they fell off, dude. Started playing that prevent defense and yeah. just trying to run the ball, and they yeah. weren't really that good of a running team, anyways. All right, man. So we're gonna move on to the number five pick. The Bengals selecting since he they fall he falls into their lap instead of going with an offensive lineman taking Kyle Pitts tight end Florida Joe Burrow gets down on his knees and thanks the Lord for Kyle Pitts baby for real dude I mean this would be a great pick um you and I have both said either they pick him or they go with an off- offensive lineman mm-hmm. so uh, you know we'll see I mean. The dude from Oregon would be would be great in that spot. So I mean, 
But uh, yeah, Kyle Pitts, if, if Joe Burrow has him, ooh, buddy. Mm-hmm. Not only can he catch the ball and is he fast, but that man can block. So right. it's going to be it's gonna be interesting. I think he's like, like the next Tony Gonzalez, Shannon Sharp. Right, definitely. Uh, I definitely see that as well. Uh, the only other thing I would see here, and this is probably if Kyle Pitts is off the board before they pick, connecting um, Joe Burrow with his former teammate at LSU, Jamar Chase. Yeah, that would be good too. Cause if I mean, they don't they, go lineman. They already know each other. Yeah. So. so I could see that as a possibility too. But instead, the Heat, Daniel Jeremiah has Jamar Chase going to the Dolphins at 6. Right after that, Tua needs weapons to be able to have a chance to be proven that he is the quarterback worth taking at five like they did last year. I still kind of believe that he wasn't ready to go in. Fitzpatrick should have still led the team, let Tua sit for a little bit longer. And they didn't make the playoffs, and I think part of that is because the team kind of didn't buy into Tua last year. Yeah, and not only that, but when you got a veteran that's that's running the team type thing, and then you throw a young kid in there like that, if you got more veterans in the locker room than you do younger dudes, mm-hmm. they're not gonna look at him like he's their leader. All right. And uh, so that's that's a big problem. So. Yeah. So, but this gives him an excellent weapon to team up with uh, Devonte Parker and also uh, Mike Kosecki. All right, next up, the Detroit Lions. Daniel Jeremiah has them selecting quarterback Justin Fields, Ohio State. Oh, man, if you're Jared Goff, I don't think you're happy with this pick. Uh, not at all. Um, I think the reason why the Lions got Jared Goff was because they see potential in him. Mm-hmm. And he does have potential. It's just... Uh... And he's still coming into his prime where Stafford, I can kind of see, was a little bit towards the back end of his prime. Or moving towards the out of his prime, he's still kind of in the middle of his prime. But he's this on was his way kind of switching of quarterbacks to make sure that one has an actual chance at a Super Bowl, mm-hmm. and the other one's been to a Super Bowl now and did not win. So this is also the Rams' way of saying, "Hey, we want a Super Bowl, and we think Stafford could do it." Right. But then for the Lions to turn around and but yeah, but if lost. they turn around and got if they turn around and got Fields, dude, oh, <laughs> oh I know. Because uh, they lost their toppers, two top receivers in Marvin Jones, and um, oh, I can't remember the other wide receiver. He went to the Giants. Uh, I'll come up with it late in a little bit. But it, it, losing his two top offensive weapons, he only really has um, their uh, tight end Haw- uh, Hawkinson from Iowa still on the team. But other than that, that that's just kind of a slap in the face for poor Jared Goff, who goes from a potential Super Bowl team now to a team that might not even see him very long in their future. Yeah, um, we'll see what happens with this. I I don't think I completely agree with this. Yeah. Um, I think that they are kind of looking at Jared Goff like he's their guy. Yeah. So uh, I, I I say if if they go with anybody, you know, maybe they go with a re- wide receiver, some some offensive weapon for them. So yeah, like Devontae Smith, yeah, uh, Jalen Waddle, or even just getting someone on the defensive side because they need some defense help too. Yeah. All right. So at number eight, 
um, since they would have he has all top five uh, top five quarterbacks already off the board at this point. The Panthers picking up Rashawn Slater, offensive tackle, Northwestern, instead of Penesuel, offensive tackle from Oregon. Cooper, your thoughts on Rashawn Slater at this spot, even though it does address a need for the Panthers, but an interesting to pick Slater over Sewell. Um, maybe contrast and styles, maybe? Yeah. I mean, maybe he's a, he thinks he's a better fit for the team. I don't know. Yeah, a lot of people do think that uh, Slater is more rounded right now, as a, not as raw as Sewell. Uh, where they believe Sewell has a higher ceiling, but he's got more weights to go to become more well-rounded. Uh, so I'm not totally shocked, but uh, it could also be, like you said, scheme fit. They could probably see Slater yeah. fit their scheme a little bit better than Sewell does. At number nine, Daniel Jeremiah, since all the quarterbacks are taken and he doesn't have them trading up, the Denver Broncos selecting Panay Sewell, offensive tackle. But he stated as to move to right tackle – to book in tackles with Bulls, um, their current left tackle. I'm not, I saw that, I'm like, yeah, Panay, I know he's a good run blocker, but he's way too athletic to be on the right side. Yeah, man, I, I don't agree with this at all. Um, I think, like everyone thinks, that the Broncos are going to trade up for a quarterback. They need a quarterback. Mm-hmm. And uh, then maybe next year go after uh Offensive tackle if they need it. Yes, sir. All right. And then he has the Dallas Cowboys taking Quiddy Pay edge rusher for Michigan rather than getting the secondary help that they desperately need, which is kind of an intriguing pick. Yes, they could really use an edge rusher to pair with Demarcus Lawrence, especially since they let Alden Smith go in the offseason. And Demarcus Lawrence is getting older. That too. But also, you got torched in that secondary Badly. Yeah. Of course, then again, we also saw Patrick Sertan get torched badly in the SEC championship game yes. against Florida. So I could also have seen them taking J.C. Horn out of South Carolina. Yep. So any thoughts from you on that one before we move on? Uh, yeah, man. Uh, I I don't know. I don't really get it. I mean, I, I guess I do maybe for the sole fact that, you know, Lawrence is getting older, so they might need that. That edge rusher on the other side because maybe he's a little bit slower. Mm-hmm. Um, so he'll help compensate for whatever he's lacking in. Um, but you're right. I think I think they're they're dumb not to go for some secondary. Yeah. Some secondary help. So. Yeah, and of course, there's always going to be the thought of if for some reason Pitts doesn't go at four, maybe even doesn't go at five. Dallas might get an itchy finger trigger and try to go up and get him. So, because we all know Jerry Jones loves him and would love to have him. Oh, yeah. And to pair that him with those three receivers, Ezekiel Elliott and Dak Prescott. Oh, yeah. If you're not scoring with them, then there's something wrong with you. You need a new quarterback. Yeah. So. All right, man. So, it is now time to reveal, reveal our mock draft 2.0 for the entire first round. Let's do it. And last time... I think I picked opposite of what we're picking this time. Yep. So. so I am picking the odds this time. You are picking the evens. So, sir, I will get us going with the first pick of the 2021 NFL Draft. 
the Jacksonville Jaguars. I have uh, shocker alert: Trevor Lawrence, quarterback, Clemson. Yeah, I mean, uh, if this does not happen, yeah, what's going on here? Right, we're we're just beating a dead horse with this. This is the obvious choice. This is going to be the pick, and if it's not, we're never rooting for Jacksonville in any concept ever again. All right. You're up, sir, with the New York Jets. Tell us what you got. I picked Zach Wilson, QB, out of BYU, baby. Obviously, this is going to be the pick. We've already talked about the discussion that they had with the Niners about trading for a first-round pick, but they had some injury concerns with Zach Wilson until he got clearance from their medical team and and, uh, confidence from BYU's medical team that his shoulder was going to be fine, obviously. So this has to be the pick because... They kind of just made it the pick because they kind of screwed themselves on that one. All right, I have the 49ers picking because it seems pretty obvious at this point. Mac Jones, quarterback, Alabama. Again, we're just beating a dead horse here. We don't understand the pick. Why would you pick this guy? Why would you waste all that draft capital to move up? We think Mac Jones would have been there closer to 12 where they originally were. Maybe trading up with maybe the Broncos or the Panthers or even the Lions. But all the way to third to get Mac Jones just didn't make sense. All right, sir. You're up. You're up with the Falcons at four. I picked J.C. Horn, cornerback out of South Carolina. This would actually be a good pick, but I think we're picking this one basically if we think mostly if the Falcons don't stay at four. Obviously, if they stay at four, it's more than likely they're going to probably pick up Pitts or a quarterback. Yeah. But so we basically we kind of did this based off more of it if a trade happened. We obviously didn't take a trade at this point. But basically we'd probably say when we take when we talk about um a quarterback down with the Broncos, we're probably we kind of figured this would be if the Broncos moved up. All right. I have the Bengals at 5 and since you did not have Kyle Pitts going off the board to 4 at Atlanta, I am taking Kyle Pitts tight end. Because, for the love of God, give the man a damn freaking tight end. I know he needs some line help, but they do have Jonah Williams from Alabama that they got a couple years ago. He's pretty solid. I mean, he's not the best tight end, uh, not tight end left tackle in the world, but he is solid. They did pick up um, Ryan Riley, at, um, who would make a good... Um, Right tackle, they could use some interior line, but there's, it's way too early for any of those interior linemen. Uh, like, I mean, you could make an argument for Elijah Vera Tucker, but still to me that's a little too early for Elijah Vera Tucker. Um, though you could try to see if maybe moving one of those two outer tackles inside, kick them inside and have one of the current offensive tackles in this offense in this draft take over for, um, on the outside for either of them. So... With that, Cooper, you had the Miami Dolphins pick at six. Panay Sewell, offensive tackle out of Oregon. Obviously, this is a great pickup for the Dolphins, even though a weapon would be a good option here for the Dolphins for Tua. You also need to protect Tua. Yeah. And one of the best um, offensive linemen to come out in a very long time, Panay Sewell, is a great pick for the Dolphins at this point Um, because you can still get offensive weapons because they're still picking pretty high in the second round. Uh, so you can come back in the second round and get a still a good playmaker for yeah, him. Yeah, and I think that's what I was thinking here is that he needs he needs protection, dude. Mm-hmm. I mean, he does have 
he does have some receivers. He's not completely without, but you know. Right. So. All right. At seven, I have the Detroit Lions, and since you have Penesol going right before, and even though he could use a tackle, I still think they're going to help out Jared Goff, and they'll pick Jamar Chase, the best receiver on the board, and give Jared Goff some help on that offense. At number eight, Carolina Panthers, Cooper. I picked Justin Fields, quarterback at Ohio State. Now, the reason why we want this is even though, yes, they have Sam Darnold, this is a make or break for Sam Darnold. You're telling Sam Darnold right here now, you're either going to be the guy or we just got the guy. We got the guy. So So this is it. So either you're gone after a few years. So we we pretty much pulled what what the dude did with the Lions. Yeah. (laughs) Basically, because they... Yeah, Jen, Daniel Jeremiah went quarterback for the Lions. We're going quarterback with the Panthers saying this is your opportunity, Sam Darnold. Because I'm not completely sold on Sam Darnold. I mean, I know he's great. He's good. Yeah. But right. I, I'm not, I, I'm I not completely that. sold. Yeah. And then, of course, at number nine, since I knew the Broncos would take either remaining quarterback that they fell all the way to him or if they had to trade up for him, I see them going after Trey Lance, quarterback, North Dakota State. Trey Lance has got amazing upside. He's got good arm skill. He's very mobile. He can. He's good escapability. I just see this as being a great pickup for the Broncos, whether or not the coaching staff remains intact after this year. All right, Cooper, at number 10, you're picking for the Dallas Cowboys. I pick Patrick Sertan, the second cornerback out of, uh, out of Alabama. Yeah, Alabama. 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 No problem. Uh, Obviously, they need secondary help. Daniel Jeremiah, we just talked about, went with an edge rusher and Quiddy Pay, but they need secondary help. Sertan is the, by some consider him the best corner. Some say J.C. Horn and him are basically neck and neck, and we already have J.C. Horn off the board. So then we're going with Sertan here. Um, who does fit what Dallas needs as a corner. A good, tall guy who's a pretty good ball hawk, but unfortunately, sometimes gets a little too carried away and makes some mistakes and gets burned pretty easily. Oh, yeah. As we saw in the SEC Championship game. Though he played a lot better in the college playoff. All right, at number 11, I have the New York Giants taking an edge rusher, Quiddy Pate, for Michigan. They need some help. They went offense this year. They got the um, receiver from Detroit. They picked up a lot of good offensive guys to help pretty much get ready for Daniel Jones um, to be the guy this year. And uh, so I think this would be a good opportunity to move to the defense in the draft and start building that defense and getting back to the old school ways that they used to play defense in New York. All right, at 12, Cooper, you have the Eagles. I picked Mika Parsons, linebacker at Pennsylvania State. Yes, sir. Penn State's own Mika Parsons, linebacker. Dude's a beast. Um, he in a normal draft that didn't have this many quarterbacks going so high, easily a top ten, possibly a top five player. Yeah, and not only that, but you know, you he's pretty much staying in the same area type thing, so mm-hmm. wouldn't be a bad idea. Nope. I mean I I could have went with him to the Giants, uh, which would have been a great pick for them too. But I think they need to get some edge ed rushers. That's why I went with Pay instead of Parsons. So the Eagles 
probably think they're lucky stars that Parsons would fall to them there at 12. All right, at 13, I have the San Diego, or sorry, Los Angeles Chargers. <laughs> San Diego. They should be San Diego. Oh, wow, dude. <laughs> I have them taking Rashawn Slater, the second best offensive tackle available on the board at from Northwestern. Um, obviously, like we said, we were surprised Daniel Jeremiah had him going in front of Panay Sewell. But like I said, some people like that he's more pretty much as polished as he's going to get, which is fine. But to me, Panay Sewell is in that upper echelon towards the Jonathan Ogden type. He's just huge. He's a beast. So I think the Chargers, though, need to protect Justin Herbert. And that's a good start right there for them. All right, at number 14, Minnesota Vikings. Cooper, who do you got? I picked Devontae Smith, wide receiver, wide receiver out of Alabama. Oh, See, guys, this is why I don't talk very much, because when I talk, I <laughs> So there you go. Yeah, well, this is a great pickup for the Vikings. They picked up Justin Jefferson last year from LSU, but to pair him and Devontae Smith would be a godsend for Kirk Cousins oh, in that Minnesota would. offense. You got... You'd have Devontae Smith, you'd have Justin Jefferson, and Dalvin Cook coming out of the backfield. That's that's a fantastic pairing. Yep. That's just that makes your offense that much better and elevates that team. Alright, at number fifteen, I am taking for the an England I can't say it. I can't. I'm just kidding. New England Patriots. I am taking Caleb Farley, cornerback. Virginia Tech. Uh, Caleb Farley was one of the top-rated corners. He did have to have back surgery this offseason, so uh, a lot of people are a little bit worried about his back. Um, but they need help in the secondary. They're getting old in the secondary, and Stephon Gilmore may or may not be with the team much longer, so get yourself a top-quality corner who can eventually step into Gilmore's shoes but can at least play opposite Gilmore this coming season. At number 16, the Arizona Cardinals, according to Cooper Take. I take Jalen Waddle, wide receiver, Alabama. This would be a great pick for Arizona. They can pair him with that DeAndre Hopkins, who they already got. Uh, obviously, Larry Fitzgerald is getting to that point where he's That's probably going to step thinking. away. He's, he's getting older. They need a receiver. And yep, he, and he'd fit right in, man. Yep, He doesn't have to play as much, so he can learn the offense. If Fitzgerald does decide to um, play this year, it's just a great pick for Arizona all the way around, and I think they'd be more than happy to take Jalen Waddle right there. At number 17, the Las Vegas Raiders. Select Gregory Rousseau, edge rusher, Miami. The reason why I went with him, Gregory Rousseau just feels like a Raider. You know, you get those guys that go to a franchise that have a history of being – Tough and tough as nails type of guys, and Gregory's out is that type of player, and he just feels like a raider. Yeah, this is that's how I feel about it. He just, just get, feels like just a raider. get that feeling, right? Yeah, I just got that feeling where he would just be a raider. <laughs> he would just make a good raider. All right, man. Number eighteen, you had the Miami Dolphins again. Who are they selecting now? Jalen Phillips, edge rusher out of Miami. They need to work on that defensive side. Obviously, you had them taking Panay Sewell, offensive tackle, to help Tua. Uh, not much left in playmakers. Um, it's a little early for a running back at this point, I would say. 
So getting on that defensive side to help out your defense and getting an edge rusher, um, getting the other really good edge rusher from Miami, Jalen Phillips, is a great pick there for the Dolphins. Next up, the Washington football team. The WFT. Yeah. Too I bad it didn't say WTF. All right. Washington team football. <laughs> what the? F- oh. Right. And that's basically what, well, that's what the uh, week, of, the week <laughs> says. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday is what, what the? the f- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. I have them selecting Elijah Vera Tucker, offensive line SC. You can have him play tackle. You can have him play guard. Hell, he can even play center for you. This just helps all the way across the board. I know we just heard that they took back Eric Flowers, but more offensive line help is never a problem when it comes to the guys in the trenches. Not at all, man. All right. At number 20, Cooper, you have the Bears pick. Who'd you got? Oh, man. I'm going to butcher this last name. Jeremiah Uwusu. Karamora? Or Koramora. Koramora, a linebacker out of Notre Dame. Yes, sir. They need some linebacker help. They really could use a quarterback because I don't care what you say, they don't have one. When you have two, you don't have any. (laughs) And those two are nobodies now. Unfortunately, I hate to say that about Nick Foles. I actually do like Nick Foles. But when you when you fail as a Ram, you fail as you fail as a quarterback to me. Even if you do win a Super Bowl afterwards. <laughs> so, but they do need some uh, linebacking help, and that's a great pickup for the Bears. All right, to the Colts I go. I have them taking Elijah Moore, wide receiver, Ole Miss. They need to help out their quarterback Carson Wentz. They need some more wide receiver help. That's a great pickup for me. And also, I they could have gone Christian Derisaw, but because they do need a tackle to um, replace um, Anthony Costanzo, who let, who retired this offseason. But you also need a weapon, and I think they'll prior to, prioritize the weapon over the offensive lineman. Just a gut feeling I have in that aspect. There you go. Tennessee Titans, Cooper, who do you got them taking? I got Greg Newsome, the second cornerback uh, out of Northwestern. Titans, they let go of Dory Jackson, uh, and he ended up going to New York, which is why I didn't have them taking a corner at that uh, earlier pick. So having Greg Newsome there to replace uh, Dory Jackson for the Titans is a fantastic pick for them. At 23, the Jets, I have them taking... Since Cooper has them taking Zach Wilson, and it's pretty much almost a guarantee that they will, they need another tackle bookend with, uh, they took uh, Makai Becton last year, who slid, who slid into left tackle, played great. They do need some interior, but they still have a really good tackle on the board to go right tackle Christian Derisaw at, uh, from Virginia Tech. So I think that's the plan for them. If he's there, I think that's what the Jets will do. Number 24, Cooper, your Pittsburgh Steelers. Who do you got? Is there any doubt in this? Yes. Yeah, probably, because he'll go, he'll go before he even drops to us. Right. But Najee Harris. Running back, Alabama. Yep. This is the most, probably the second most, duh, if he's there. Than, yeah, because the Steelers need a running back. So. And they need... Somebody like Najee Harris. I just don't see that. If he is there, 
I don't see them taking anybody. This is the second most guaranteed duh pick since Trevor Lawrence earlier in this draft. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is the pick where it's like, if he's there, you better take him. Unless somebody up top that we just don't see falling falls, it's got to be Najee Harris. Yeah. At that point. All right, at 25, the Jacksonville Jaguars. I get to pick again for the Jaguars. Here we go. I have them taking Trayvon Morig, safety, TCU. Now, they did get a couple of safeties in the offseason, um, free agency, but I think they'll dip into the safety pool again. There's not really a good offensive lineman available. There's not really – I could – they don't really need a running back, though they could have taken Travis Etienne here. Um, they're – they could have also went wide receiver as well, which would be helpful, even though they did get Marvin Jones from Detroit. I still think, though, going on the defensive side with this pick would probably be the best option for the Jaguars. So that's why I went with Morg, the top-ranked top safety out of TCU. All right, number 26, even though you didn't want to do it, the Cleveland Browns. I picked the Zavin Collins linebacker out of Tulsa. There's not a whole lot that Browns need offensively, so it's mostly defense for them, and that's why Zayvon Collins, linebacker from Tulsa, should probably be the pick there. They need some inside linebacker help, and Zayvon Collins is one of the one of the good ones that was under the radar for most of his college career because he went to Tulsa, but he's got a chance to pop, and the Cleveland Browns would probably really like that pick right there. All right, at 27, the Baltimore Ravens. I have them selecting Jason Oway, edge rusher from Penn State. This guy is a freak athlete. I might be getting away with taking him here because he might go sooner than what we're predicting. Because he is 6'5", 240 pounds, and they said he ran sub 4'4 on his 40 at Penn State. No way. Yeah, he was like 3.9. Parsons went 3.8. Dude, that's crazy, man. Yeah, so Uwe falling to the Ravens at this point would be a godsend, honestly. He oh, might yeah, we know, we know the Ravens are all about that defense, dude. Yes, and getting Uwe would probably be like, they'd be like, yes, throw it up there. <laughs> take it, take it, take it now. <laughs> Give me that guy. All right, at number 28, the Saints select Cooper. Kyle Trask, quarterback out of Florida. And you know why? Because they don't got a quarterback. They don't got a damn quarterback. I don't care what you say. (laughs) They ain't got a quarterback. Yeah, I don't believe in either quarterback that they currently have in Taysom Hill or Jameis Winston. And I see Kyle Trask, even if you don't believe Kyle Trask is ready, having that fifth-year option is good for him. I think he's ready. I'm just saying, if... Whoever's out there disagreeing with us, if you don't think he's ready, but yeah, we do. I, I think you if, get that if, he, if he doesn't go there, like we talked about, he might go to the Buccaneers, sit behind Tom Brady. Yeah, I could see yeah. that happening. Uh, also, I, he could go early enough and go to the Steelers if the, Najee Harris is gone. Dude, that would be cool. I would love to have Trask. Yeah. Um, but I, I still don't see them taking Trask if Najee Harris is on the board. Yeah, me either. But, um, yeah, we don't believe in Taysom Hill. Yeah, he won the, a couple of games for them last year, but he's not a true quarterback. He's a gadget guy. J- Jameis Winston is too turnover prone. 
And yeah, if you need to fumble, yeah, that dude fumbles yeah. and gets sacked, and he can't. Yeah, he and you can really. just have Trask sit for a year if you need him to. And I'm sorry, but Winston, I, I just don't care for him at all. I yeah. never really have. So, all right, all right. And he's what really made me start hating Florida State. Like when I was a kid, dude. You know me. I was a Florida State fan. Right. But when he came in, and then when old Willie, whatever his name is, Willie Taggart came in. Yeah, between him and Winston and then Taggart, when he bailed on Oregon. When he bailed on Oregon, then I was like, I really hate Florida State now. Yeah, and then he he failed at Florida State and got fired. Yeah. (laughs) Which is funny. All right, at number 29, I... Kind of forgot that the Packers lost their center, uh, Lindsey. But I'm going to go ahead and stick with my pick because I it's like, whoops. Uh, so I think the Packers will get an offensive weapon for Aaron Rodgers to pair with Devontae Adams. Kadarius Tooney, wide receiver, Florida. So two Florida guys going back-to-back right there. Nice. Um, Tooney is a good slot guy. He can he can burn the top over the defense. He can get you a first down when you need it. He's versatile. Um, just basically get him the ball in his hands and open with a chance to get into some open field, and he's got a chance to take it to the house. All right, at number 30, Cooper, Bills. Who are they taking? Landon Dickerson, offensive line out of Alabama. Yeah, we went with uh, – well, you end up picking it, but the reason why we both agreed on this is they needed some offensive help. Dickerson is mostly a center, but you can put him at either guard position, yeah. and he'll do just fine. Uh, a lot of people did say he might slip out of the first round because of his ACL, but then again, he did take a snap in the championship game against <laughs> Ohio State, Yeah, and he wasn't even supposed to be on the field, but yet he got to be in the championship game. So there you go, man. Yes, sir. All right. At number 31, I have the Kansas City Chiefs taking Christian Barmore, defensive tackle, Alabama. A lot of people think he could actually slide to the second round, too, but they need some more um, defensive line help to help out um, the current defensive tackle. Uh, I'm drawing a blank on his name. Nice. Anyways. And Chris Jones. There we go. Cooper's no help over here. I'm like, Chris Jones. I got it. Chris Jones. They need to help Chris Jones out with that interior uh, defensive front. And Christian Barmore would be an excellent pick. So we went Florida, Florida, Bama, Bama. To <laughs> almost end the draft. So, Cooper, the final pick to you Tom Brady of <laughs> the Buccaneers. Who are they picking for? Tevin G- Jenkins, offensive tackle, Oklahoma State. The only reason why we went offensive tackle is because they can basically draft for depth. There's not really a quarterback per se uh, that outside of well Trask that we believe would be taken here. Uh, I could see if Trask is on the board, they would probably pick him up. So. Oh yeah, if he's on the board, they're they're dumb for not picking him. Yeah, so so it could be Trask, but. Also, um, Donald Penn, their uh, offensive tackle is think, getting up there in age. Yeah, that's this what we were help. thinking. Is just like it'll help with depth and you yeah. know, and he can I mean, slide cause, in because they're pretty much running it back, so we ain't yeah. got to worry too much about them. 
No, they don't need a whole lot. I also wouldn't be surprised if there's a receiver or uh, offensive weapon on the board that the Jaguars like, and they don't, and they want to get that fifth year option um, for that player, and they don't try to trade up because they are at thirty three. Yeah. So then all they're doing is probably trading the second round pick, which is thirty three, up to Tampa Bay, probably maybe giving them another two like next year or something. Which one then, and then, because uh, obviously Tampa Bay doesn't need a guy that has a fifth year option either. So it, it'll just depend on what's available and if whether or not somebody wants to move up and get that fifth year option for an offensive weapon or a t- quarterback. Maybe someone likes another quarterback and wants that fifth year option on him. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see, man. Uh, I'm, I'm excited, dude. Uh, yes. Draft day is coming. Finally. It We're, feels like forever. I know, right? <laughs> and last year we didn't even know what was going to happen. So yeah. so at least um, uh, this year it's in Cleveland. There will be some fans. Uh, there will be some players at the draft, but mostly it's going to be virtual. There's, yeah. um, the Rams got a draft room, draft war room in Malibu. <laughs> hey. So yeah. I'm kind of interested to see how that turns out on Friday because we won't get to see the Rams probably at all. On Thursday because, well, they're just not drafting on Thursday because we keep trading away first-round picks. I miss having a first-round pick sometimes. (laughs) Oh, well, we got Jalen Ramsey out of it for this year. So, (laughs) I'm okay with that. (laughs) Right. So, so Thursday, be sure to tune in. We will have uh, Worldwide Sports Talk Thursday. Um, It will be available up after the draft. We'll probably actually make sure, hopefully, push it to where it's after the draft completely. So that way you guys can tune in a little bit more <laughs> than uh, during the draft because we know the numbers will probably be ick on the draft night. So, Oh, yeah. yeah. And then, of course, be sure to tune in for Wrestling Talk this Saturday, of course. And then we got more baseball, basketball talk. I forgot to talk about something for baseball, basketball talk this past week. Um, I'm actually going to stick up for a pitcher I don't really care for because he kind of got screwed by Major League Baseball. So I'm going to talk about it next week. Ooh, got to love it when Big Man goes on his tangents. Yep. Let's, and especially if I'm sticking up for someone I really don't care for. Yeah, because then it, it's like nails on a chalkboard for him. It's, it, it's funny to watch. But I wish you time. guys could see it because it looks on his face when he starts picking up, <laughs> you know, sticking up for people like, Tom Brady, for example. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like Tom Brady, smart because he doesn't freaking take big, huge, giant company. Whatever. Okay, anyway. And then, of course, <laughs> be sure to tune in next Tuesday because we didn't really have time tonight. But my theory might already, about quarterbacks might already be starting to go into motion. And we'll talk about that next Tuesday. That's going to be interesting, brother. Yes, sir. Can't wait. Yeah, man. And, of course, NASCAR this Sunday will be at the Kansas Speedway, so we'll be talking about that next Tuesday. And here soon we'll be gearing up for WrestleMania Backlash, so stay tuned. I think that's – is that next weekend? No. Or is it the weekend after? It's the weekend after, sir. I'm pretty sure it's the weekend after, yeah. They're not going to have WrestleMania in April and then Backlash May 2nd. Hey man, they're kind of crazy, dude. Well, then there's that. Kind of, kind of, but I'm pretty sure we got another weekend before we we got uh, backlash. All right, so that does it for us here at Sports Talk. Thank you all for tuning in, and as always, keep, keep on, on talking, talking sports. sports.